You're listening to Hey Doc, the show for and by people passionate about healthy living, hosted by Dr. Bridget Cutler and Dr. Caleb Valdez, two chiropractors seeking to make the world a healthier place. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hey Doc. I'm Dr. Caleb Valdez, your co-host. I'm Dr. Va- I'm Dr. Cutler. Different, different doctor, different person over here. Good. Give me some good news. You just got back from Hawaii, looking very oh, tan. It was, and it trim. was amazing. Loved it. Um, it was, I mean, just so many different things that I got to go through, and I mean, really grateful for the experience to go down there. I know Caleb uh, went to college down there, was born in Hawaii, so <laughs> that's was in his his neck of the woods. That's right. So, and you probably noticed we we shifted our camera 90 degrees. We had this great feature wall in here all the time. We weren't using it. So, I mean, we, I we had that, freaking that whiteboard button. Right yeah. So cool. Uh, give us some love. And uh, yeah. I do want to apologize if I sit, if I sit down at all during this, uh, during this talk, it's because my legs hurt really bad. Um, <laughs> I just took a week off of doing really heavy lifting and just jumped right back into it. And now everything hurts and I'm dying. So, yeah. okay. Well, good. Um, good for you. I mean, get sore. That's, I mean, I'm not glad that you're dying, but I'm, I'm happy that you're sore. Hey, it's always a good day. It takes sore. a lot to get your legs. I know. Tired, I know. So. It's freaking wonderful. I love it. it. I mean, I couldn't move this morning and my workout today was just excruciating, but yeah. got it done. Paid the man. Good, good, good. And today was my rest day. So that was, that was great. Good. Always, always another good day. We're going to jump right into our new topic today. This is the one thing that is probably will do more for your health and your longevity, even above diet, exercise, chiropractic, meditation, apple cider vinegar, Melaleuca, DoTerra, all that Lemon stuff. Water. This is yeah. This is liver the detox. most crucial thing. And in researching for this podcast, I. I was convicted. I I feel strongly that I am not getting, not practicing this to the level that I need to. So I really oh, need to dial this in. You need definitely something I got to work okay. on more too. So what are we talking about today, Doc? Sleep. Yes. Sleep. The ultimate drug. The <laughs> ultimate performance enhancing drug. It really is. And performance in every aspect of your life. And yeah, um, definitely something that I neglected like crazy growing up. I've gotten a lot better at it lately. And prioritizing that. I know you have as well. Yep. But I mean, how many times in high school and college did we think, oh, I have a test tomorrow. I'm just going to cram and I can I can take the test on four hours of sleep. Yeah. How much worse off do you think we were for doing that? Oh, man. I'll never get those hours back. And research shows you can't make up for sleep debt, really. Um, once it's gone, it's gone. So it's, it's like time. We're all limited in how much time we have. I've got this, you know, longtime friend that's just lately has just been telling me, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. There's not enough time in the day. I can't, I can't make it to this. I can't do that. I can't help you with this. And I get it. We're all very busy people, but we usually, that's the first thing that we cut out is our sleep. And that really should be the last thing that we do. We're the only species on earth that will lose out on sleep for no apparent survival reason, really, other than, I don't know. We're playing video games. Yeah. Or watching Netflix, stupid, we're on yeah, watching social media. TV show. Yeah. And, and I get it. I think our brains are so starved of substantive input that just being alone with our thoughts for those few minutes before we drop off into dreamland, that is, it's, it's not comfortable. But also just physically, we don't have the same amount of stress put on our bodies to where we have so much excess energy available to us. That's true. And our body's just like, Hey, I can keep running a little bit. Yeah. Or maybe we just think we can keep running because we have all this extra. I know sometimes for me, that's what keeps me up later. Yeah. Is I just, if I eat more or have a big dinner or something like that, I might stay up a little bit longer. Right. Right. So let's talk about the basics. We're going to go a little bit more into research and data on this episode than we typically have in previous ones. And so stick with us. We're going to try to keep it away from cerebral mumbo jumbo, you know, smart babble and just really make it. Uh, what we all know are benefits of sleep and what we all should should be striving to do. I'm really going to try to break down the benefits of sleep. And we're going to give you some actionable steps that you can take to improve your sleep tonight. This costs you nothing. And it will change the way that your body responds to everything that you're doing right now for your health, from diet, exercise, chiropractic care, um, you name it. It yeah. really just 
This is this is the thing that if you have this dialed in, everything else is going to work better. If you don't, nothing you do will overcome that will compensate for for a lack of sleep so so you you can't get around this one this is this is the bit right there that's that's the tidbit that we need to focus and you need to just hound and pound into your head is that nothing in your life will make up for lack of sleep there is nothing that will make up for it yeah you can't replace it with anything it's it's sleep yeah can't get around it so hopefully you understand the importance of sleep let's just talk about the basics right now what do we recommend for sleep everybody Throws out different numbers, I know. Generally, we're going to say seven to nine hours. I would say eight, eight and above. Um, you can sleep too much, but let's be honest. If that's your problem, this is probably not the show for you. <laughs> um, if you're going above 10 hours consistently, I, I want your life for a week. Yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe you have some other disorder that's going on. <laughs> right. Uh, and we, yeah, we and definitely we, discussed we, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I would seek help it's a good for point. that. So. Yeah. So... Just some parts and pieces here. We're going to talk about something called a circadian rhythm. And that means uh, circa means around and DN is kind of day. And so what is your body doing throughout a daily cycle? And for humans, that's actually a little bit longer than 24 hours. I know we have our hours broken into 24-hour days. But for humans, we function on a little bit longer than than 24-hour circadian rhythm. And that rhythm is set by something called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which is a little structure in your brain that sits right above the chiasm, the cross between your your eye nerves, kind of the center of your brain. There's a lot of sleep stuff that goes on there, the pineal gland, all these structures we're going to be talking about. We'll try to stay in the safe zone on a lot of the neurology here, but we're going to throw out some, some terms here. If, if you catch it, great. If not, it's not going to change how you understand this. So suprachiasmatic nucleus is in charge of the timing of our body. It tells our body when to release certain hormones because that actually is our internal clock. It's a metronome that's telling you where you're at in time. And people who are in, uh, you know, camping out for weeks in caves where there's zero natural light, um, you know, prisoners that are undergoing sleep deprivation torture, which is actually a thing like we do it voluntarily to ourselves. Can you imagine crazy. if waterboarding was like a, a thing that we'd randomly did to ourselves? Like, no. So why are we missing out on sleep? Anyway, suprachiasmatic nucleus tells our body what time of day it is. And it's actually pretty accurate. Even when you're away from natural sleep cycle or sun cycles and light, you're not getting a lot of natural light. Your body knows when it's time to sleep and rest. And a big part of that is something called adenosine that builds up in our body. Um, it, it, attaches to the brain's receptors and it starts to create what we call like a sleep burden or a sleep weight. And it just, it, it gradually builds up as we sleep that adenosine is processed out. We kind of reset with that refreshed feeling after a good sleep. And caffeine is a way to kind of hack those adenosine receptors because caffeine binds to those areas and it tricks your body into thinking it's not really as tired as it is. Has nothing to do with unlocking energy or giving you wings as some brands might claim. Um, It really just tricks your body into not realizing how tired it is. So you're burning energy you you really have no business doing. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of jump on that a little bit. I've done a lot of research when it comes to exercise specifically and the, the, um, ergogenic effect of caffeine so referring to how it's going to positively affect your body in that way especially when it comes to performance and i mean overall understanding that it doesn't give you more energy it just makes your brain think you're less tired yeah and so if you're less tired you're going to be able to perform a little bit better and i think so many of us have become and we talked about this a little bit before him and him and i did is that like if you if you're really needing to if you can't f- function before noon without the use of caffeine, all you're doing is feeding uh, chronic sleep deprivation. You're just feeding that that problem that you have in your body. And so if you can stay up and, and be okay until 12 and then drink some caffeine then just to kind of help you with that, that feeling of feeling less tired, absolutely go for it. But if you constantly need caffeine first thing in the morning to wake up, you're probably depriving yourself of sleep. Yeah. And you're just self-medicating that yeah. that problem away, which is which is just crazy. Yeah. So one more structure that's really important to understand is called the thalamus, and this is kind of the gatekeeper to your brain. If you imagine your prefrontal cortex as kind of like the CEO of a company, that thalamus is like a secretary that decides who gets to go in to see it. And at the end of the day, that secretary has to put up a little closed for business sign, lock the door. 
and put everything out to the side, the thalamus kicks in to shut down some of our sensory inputs, things like the texture of your sheets, the sound of the air conditioning, all of that stuff that we want to just tune out. If your thalamus is weak, those signals pass unimpeded into that, that cerebral cortex. You're hearing the dripping going on next door in the, you know, in the kitchen sink or whatever. We can strengthen the thalamus with a, 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 one of the great ways is chiropractic care. As we adjust, we increase the input to that structure. It becomes stronger and it's better at filtering out some of that noise. So if we think about real-time application of this specific content, uh, this specific uh, concept with the relation to the thalamus, and you think about light sleepers versus heavy sleepers. If you're such a light sleeper that even the slightest sound, like a fan or, I don't know, a door shutting in like eight rooms down, something like that, if that wakes you up, probably means there's a weakness in your thalamus. It isn't able to regulate those those inputs. <laughs> and that's where it comes down to where chiropractic can have a huge difference in allowing that thalamus to work at a, a, a greater degree. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we kind of touched on caffeine in there. Um, the other side of this coin is melatonin, which is such a widely abused sleep aid right now. Take it away, doc. Let's, let's talk oh, about freaking melatonin. melatonin. <laughs> I mean, how many times as kids did, did we hear that the natural thing to do is to take melatonin or because Turkey has tryptophan, it's going to create more melatonin. So you're going to feel more sleepy. Like, no, Absolutely not. It's, it's, it's not what's causing you to be sleepy is because you just excessively ate like crazy. And now your body's like, dude, shut everything down. <laughs> we have to, yeah, we have to try and process this in Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. But melatonin, there is no research that shows that melatonin is responsible for putting you to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, in your body, when it's naturally produced with in, in relation to circadian rhythm, it will help you feel more tired. But there is there's no research that shows the effect effectiveness of supplementing with it. It doesn't make your sleep any better. It doesn't Absolutely. make you sleep any harder or deeper. Um, it's produced on the lateral ventricles right around the pineal gland. Yeah. And so it, it does help your body realize when it's nighttime and begins to shut things down for sleep, but it doesn't cause sleep and it will not enhance that sleep as far as quality and goes. Taking it, I mean, taking it in supplement form has absolutely no effect. In fact, the problem that it comes down to that, it's the same with testosterone. Like when you take steroids, uh, your testes will start to shrink because why is like, Hey, I don't have to, I don't have, have to, to make, make this, this anymore. Hormone. So how do we know that's not going to happen in the brain? And if it is where you do feel tired when you take it more than likely, there's a placebo effect to it is you feel like you're taking something to make you tired. And so there's a placebo associated with it. Yeah. And that's more than likely what's going on. Yeah. It's such an important hormone we know, but we really don't understand it yet to the yes. degree that we can say, and it kills me when parents, you know, are giving this to kids to try to get them to sleep. Especially little so, toddlers. Yeah. We, you have a melatonin dependent toddler that can't power down at the end of the day and his brain is no longer creating this important cue to tell him when it's nighttime and you have to increase that dose every single time. And the crazy thing about the supplements that you get melatonin, you have no, they don't regulate how much is in there. That's right. There's, so in an effort to try and make them more effective effective so that more people will buy that because hundreds of million dollars in that industry yeah. specifically for melatonin so in order to try and make it more effective they increase the dose they try to give you like a super effective one yeah and i mean who knows like what that what, effect yeah what that effect is having long term what we're yeah. doing to that yeah, just man. craziness there so if it sounds this sounds like you and this describes so many of us and this was me i promise melatonin at night to fall asleep caffeine in the morning to wake up. It's the, the gas and the break basically. And I was regulating and, and self-medicating that and, and dosing myself into oblivion. Figure this out. Let's take control of this. Let's, let's start backing you off these things. Get your body back producing those things and back on a circadian rhythm so that it can wake up and fall asleep at the end of the day. Because that is the key to hormone health overall. And if we're messing with all these hormones, with adenosine receptors, with caffeine, with melatonin, stuff like that, something is going to be off. And it's it's a lot more than just those hormones involved. Oh, so. for sure. I mean, every other hormone is going to be affected as well. And that's where it comes to recovery. And I know in one of our previous podcasts, I had quoted Matt Fraser, who said that if if we weren't required to sleep, sleep would be a performance enhancing drug. Yeah. Like they would ban it because it's just so effective. But Specifically, we'll look at testosterone and HGH. So HGH, human uh, human growth hormone, um, which causes so many beneficial things that happen in your body, creating of new tissues, tissue repair, all these different things, especially for young kids, especially for, for people who are still growing a lot. Um, that peaks between 12 
a.m. and 3 a.m. So it is very important that you're allowing your body to be in that state of sleep and reparation and having your parasympathetic nervous system functioning at that time between 12 and 3 a.m. Because that's going to help you to be able to have that peak where it needs to be. And then you have testosterone, which is very, very much connected to HGH. When your HGH increases later on in the day, you're also going to have an increase in testosterone. Again, higher metabolism, more muscle growth, lean muscle mass building, uh, more reparation of different tissues in your body, overall better health, better sex drive, libido, just so many benefits that come from having They both affect digestion, cognition, uh, lean muscle repair, like you said, recovery. So, and, and this is not just in men, this is in women as well. Yeah. So, I mean, just remember women have testosterone and HGH as well. You have to think about those. There's very much a relationship between all of the hormones in our bodies and, and the degree in which they're able to function and degree in which they're released and our body's able to modulate those yeah. and sleep has a humongous effect on those, yeah. like probably more than anything else. Like it's sleeps above nutrition because if you don't sleep enough, you can, there are people who do crazy fast for many, many days. If they weren't sleeping well, there's no way they'd be able to do it. Yeah. Okay. Sleeping is what allows you to be able to kind of tap into those things and allow your body to adapt to different situations. Right. It's kind of your adaptation stage. Yeah. And that's, that's where a lot of um, things happen cognitively that we're now starting to understand. We take experiences that we had during the day and they're stored in the short-term memory, kind of like your RAM, if you're you know on a computer, um, your short-term memory, and it starts shuttling those up to what's called the cortex, um, and and those start sorting out memories. They disentangle connections that shouldn't be made. They actually help you divest your experiences from your emotions, so that those memories and things aren't as painful of what happened to you that day, which is fascinating because we expect teenagers to be up at five thirty for you know sports and school and all that stuff. They need time to process the memories from the previous day and start working through a lot of the emotional trauma, um, anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, Alzheimer's, uh, dementia, all those types of neuropsychological disorders stem in a large part from a lack of sleep on that. I want to jump on that a little bit. You mentioned, you mentioned like two days, we'll talk about hell week. And I'll kind of go back to, to high school wrestling and hell week. We, we were waking up at, I mean, what, 5.45 so I could be up to school on time. Some people who lived a little bit farther away, 5.30. And I know for a fact I was going to bed at like 1 o'clock in the morning. I was getting like four and a half, five hours of sleep. Like, that was terrible. And yet I'm expected to go and to, to work out in total during that, that week, four or five hours. I'm never going to get that week back. And that is way more, there's way more of a, a deficit that's put placed on my body as opposed to a positive. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's so much negative that's, that's happening in my body because my body's freaking out at that point. My hormones are all out of whack. I'm not actually getting anything out of that. Okay. As opposed to what if I just decrease that? I worked out for two hours, trained for just a solid two hours. And I just focused on trying to get eight hours of sleep that entire week. I would have been way better off. My body would have adapted so much better. I would have had way more energy. I would have been able to perform better. Okay. And that's the biggest thing is when it comes down to performance, in any aspect of your life, whether it's um, athletic or, or anything else, you will always perform better if you're not tired. Yeah. Here's a crazy statistic I just learned that if you're awake for 19 hours, you are as impaired. Just so you know, he will like text me in the middle of the day. He's like, dude, did you know? I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll get this like this just research text in the middle of the day. Be like, Just know. I probably write those texts in like the middle of the night, but I don't want you to know I'm awake at 2 a.m. reading about sleep when I should be sleeping about reading. So anyway, I Talk save it that day and then I send it the next day. Yeah. Same thing with all the social media crap that I said. So no, but the, the fact is 19 hours, if you're awake for 19 hours, you are as impaired as someone who is legally drunk. You think about what we do to interns and, and residents in hospital shifts that have to work these. Yeah horrible hours and we expect them to function not like an alcoholic yeah that's that's just not how it works i mean you throw them in a hospital setting and this is another another uh research kind of a just a statistic that's out there is that one in 20 like one in 20 um 
medical errors. Medical errors. Yeah. It has to do with sleep deprivation, right? That's insane. Yeah. If we could have those people sleeping normally, if, if I ever, and you know, if I ever go under the knife and I'm comatose and I can't ask, I want to find out how much sleep my attending physician, my oh, operation, sure. my, my surgeon has had. Because if he's been awake for 19 hours, it's like having a drunk person operate on Even me. if he's been awake for 16 hours. Yeah. Why would I mean, you think about that? like those, those last, our body starts to naturally try and shut down. Right. Okay. At like what? 14, yeah. 16 hours. Like your body wants to be asleep. And so all your cognition and yeah, you can keep on drinking caffeine, mm-hmm. but at some point your body's it's that, that, that adenosine is going to build up so much. It's not going to be able to mask it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Man. why like these people who go without sleep for 54 hours or something dying. Yeah. You have a 70 plus percent chance of getting a sports injury while you're trying to perform if you're under six hours of sleep. Which and is that nuts. gradually comes down. Yeah. I think yeah. it was like, it was like 30, 20% or 30% chance. Yeah, it's, it's a linear progression. Yeah. Yeah. So huge correlation between the amount of sleep we get and and what happens there. We also know now, and I, I absolutely hate daylight savings time. When I lived in Hawaii or when I lived in Arizona and we didn't participate in this madness, I was happy as a clown, but it's yeah, well, it needs to be, but we were, we were pushing people beyond that limit, but the ones who are right on the edge, they go without an hour of sleep, their heart and, and risk of strokes and seizures and heart attacks goes up because they're sleep deprived already. And then we take one more hour from them and it just, it's madness. It needs to stop. I mean, so, I mean, besides those things, also you have mood. I mean, how many times you wake up in the morning and you're just like, I am not, I'm so tired still. And you're just in a terrible mood. Mm-hmm. All right. For sure. Mood's a huge one. Also, if you're more tired in the morning and you haven't gotten a good sleep, you're going to feel like you need more high caloric foods, which means you're going to go for the sugar. You're going to go directly for sugar because that's going to give your brain a little bit more stimulation so it can work a little bit better in your mind. Okay. You're going to go and it's, you're always going to choose the things that are going to give you dopamine a little bit more. It will make decision making harder for you. You won't have near as much discipline to be able to do the things you need to when you're sleep deprived. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you know if you're sleep deprived? What are some of the rules of thumb? We came up with three that we kind of live by. For sure. I mean, number one, and I'm I'm looking over at our board because we wrote them down. I want to make sure we're getting some of this stuff. Um, I mean, number one would be, can you fall back asleep at 10 or 11 a.m.? So when you wake up, when it gets to 10 or 11 a.m., do you feel like you can go back to sleep? If you do, probably means you didn't get enough sleep. Yeah, that mid-morning crash that should not happen yeah. if you're fueled and you are you have a day ahead of you. If your body can't function past that 10, 11 mark, you missed some some hours. Again, if you have to have caffeine before noon, you're probably feeding a cro- chronic sleep deficiency. Yeah. So those are two indicators. And it's kind of like, you know, how do you have a problem if you're, if you, if you're an alcoholic? What are some things, the cage, mnemonic and stuff like that? Yeah. Those are probably the two biggest sleep ones. If if you or if you're hitting that snooze alarm and you just feel like you're not ready to get started, you you should feel rested and and, and awake. And I just want to address sleep apnea really quick too, because a lot of people think that's just overweight middle aged men that get that. Um, I had a patient the other day, it was a six year old child that was just chronic fatigue. We sent her for a sleep study, came came back that she had sleep apnea, obstructive sleep apnea. So you never know what it is. Don't write that off. But if you're sleeping the hours that you think you should, your body just might not be getting restful enough sleep. So And that definitely interferes with your hormones and, and things like testosterone production. And that kind of draws me right into another way that we kind of tell whether we're having good sleep. This is specific for men. We call the boner test. All right. Morning Very scientific. Wood. Yes. Morning wood. And I kind of got this from Kelly Sturette. Um, shout out to him. Great things. But we've done more of our own research on things like this. And just conjecturally, if you look at, first of all, the parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for the erection. Okay. So rest, digest. Rest, digest. That's when you're going to get the, the point and shoot. Okay. Parasympathetic erection, the ejaculation is going to be sympathetic. So parasympathetic, if you wake up in the morning, you have an erection, it probably means that your body was able to get into that parasympathetic state. Mm-hmm. If you're having a problem getting erection, ED, your body's probably in a stressed out mode all the time. And it's like, no, we're not ready to have sex right now mm-hmm. because we're worried we're going to get eaten by a leopard. All yeah. right. I'm going to get chased by some animal and it's going to kill me because, and so why would I, why would I want to do this right now? And you think about that. ED is most often attributed to a lack of sleep, yeah. lower testosterone levels. 
and a nervous system that is completely unregulated. It's stressed, it's yeah. caffeinated, and then it's melatoninized, and it's just up and down and all around. It doesn't know if it's coming or going, and that equates to... It's all about being able to allow your body to regulate itself, yeah. allowing it to regulate itself and not trying to micromanage it. Your body can do things a whole lot better than you can or than any doctor can. Mm-hmm. All right. You just need to give it the things that it needs. And so also when it comes to testosterone, testosterone peaks around 8 a.m. Okay. So if I'm able to get my full hours of sleep, that's why when guys wake up, they are ready to, they're very horny. All right. They're just ready to go. If you have morning wood, you're very horny probably means you slept very good. Your testosterone is able to peak. That's a phenomenal thing. All right. Yes. That's a great thing. It means that your body was able to recover. You probably had a lot of beneficial processes that went on during the night. And if not, if you wake up and you're just nothing, probably means you're, you need to sleep more or there was something that you did that you're not allowing your body to actually process and, and regulate those hormones the way it needs to. Yeah. And that's a pretty simple test for guys to just quick and easy to figure out where you're at with recovery, with testosterone production, with sleep regularity and cycles. And that's a big point too, is the consistency with which we're going to bed. Um, I touched on in a previous episode, but we need to shut down our day at the same time every night because our body goes through this whole shutdown process, you know, mentally, psychologically, physiologically, all this stuff starts closing down for business. And those first few hours of sleep, if you're up late one night, you didn't just lose the equivalent of an hour or two of sleep. You lost all that prep work and and pushed all that cycle back hours, and it's going to take you a while to recover from it. It's possible, but but you have to be consistent with that. Your body needs to know a regular wake-up time um, when you're out and exposed to light to say, hey, it's daytime. Start producing that serotonin. Wake up. Let's, let's get moving. Um, and then likewise, at night, we should power down screens. We should manage our modern light as much as we can. Um, in our household, we, we just switch to kind of incandescent lower lightings. Um, we have those Himalayan rock salt lamps that just kind of give it a a nice dim glow that cues your body to produce that melatonin naturally and tells it it's time to get ready for bed. Uh, don't make it a habit of ever working in your bed or reading or doing anything other than sleep. That way your body knows when I hit the pillow, it's time to sleep. I'm not here to watch Netflix. I'm not here to just, you know, stay awake and think if that's your problem, get up, walk around, maybe, you know, get a little snack or something that is not going to disrupt your, your sleep cycle too much and restart that process to remind your body, Hey, now it's time to go to sleep. Are you ready for that now? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I mean, when it comes to, and we talked about the super nucleus as well. All right. First of all, when you wake up in the morning and this is advice that you, I mean, everybody should take. And I try to be, I try to do, I try to go outside with my dog in the morning and expose your eyes to the sun. Okay. Look at the sun. Okay. Because that suprachiasmatic nucleus is going to be initiated and the, it's going to be stimulated by those, those rays from the sun. So one of the very first things that you should do is as soon as the sun's up, go outside, get exposure to your face, mm-hmm. let your eyes actually open up, let in that sunlight. And that's going to start that, that pretty much that timer, that rhythm of your body saying, okay, sun's out. It's time for me to have energy. It's going to stimulate that hormone release so you can have more energy throughout the day. Okay. And then as it starts to get darker, if you're constantly having tons of LED blue lights until midnight, your body's like, Hey, why is it still, why is it still light outside? I should be super tired right now. And I noticed that when I'm studying really late or when I'm working on something on my computer, I will feel really tired at about 9 30, 10. Like I'll feel really tired. Like I could go to bed right now. But if I push past it and I keep sitting on my computer, I'll kind of get like a second wind. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not it's a like good a thing s- that I got that tornado. second wind. <laughs> yeah. What happens is my, it's my body having to override the, the natural sequence that's trying to happen mm-hmm. and, and forcing me to stay awake. Yeah. And, and then you start relying on cortisol and adrenaline, mm-hmm. you know, noradrenaline, all these other things come into play that aren't supposed to be there. Your body's like, wow, if we're not going to bed right now, something really bad must be going on. Yeah. Like, are we starving? Are we being chased by something? Like, why are we not in our Nothing cave? Nothing good ever happens after midnight. Yes. From one of my favorite TV shows, How I Met Your Mother. Nothing <laughs> good ever happens after midnight. Just go to bed. It's okay? true with sleep as well. Midnight really should be midnight. Like, Absolutely. we should be, have been in bed. Should be in bed. Time. Yeah. So, I mean, ideally, like 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at the latest. 
try to be in bed, hopefully asleep by 11. Yeah. That's going to allow you to wake up. And honestly, you'll notice a big thing. And if your body gets used to waking up at a certain time, you'll naturally just be able to come out of that. Mm -hmm. And being able to have like complete darkness during the night will have a huge effect. No lights in your room, no night lights. Okay. Take the night lights out. I know it may scare some, some people, but take the night lights out. You need to have complete darkness so your body can actually have that, that sensitivity and have that sensitivity turned down, allow your thalamus to, to shut everything off. Yeah. And I'd even go, so the next step, if you really want like the bonus points for this, take all the electronics out of your room too. They don't, may not, may not emit light or produce sounds, but having those, that much electromagnetic signal in your area, your body will eventually you'll reach a point where you're sensitive enough to that, that I have to put my iPad, iPhone, everything's outside of, of my sleeping area. Um, and actually just this last week, I got some blackout curtains um, and we have like the dark curtains over the window that everybody, you know, has, they think those are blackout curtains. Those work. But if you turn off the lights and you can see street lights or moonlight underneath those, they're probably not, they're, they're opaque curtains, but I have the kind that like seal around the window basically makes it a wall during the night. Um, and then it's Velcro. I can just yank it off in the morning, get that light in, start, you know, my day that way. But the dark, dark curtains that have sealed out all light, man, I can't tell you how much my my sleep has improved with that. That and then we use hostage tape. Big fan of that stuff. Yeah, you got some of that. Um, Gave me some of that. Yeah, that's I mean, been that's huge been difference, there. especially. I mean, you think about just the benefits that come from nasal breathing. Yeah. And read several books on nasal breathing and looked at different research papers on nasal breathing. We've had many different discussions on this. And thinking about there's so many different aspects that that come into play here. I mean, both jaw shape cavities, you think about the aerobic bacteria in your mouth that they feed off of that oxygen. So if you completely cut them off, like your body's not going to morning breath. A lot of times that's because you're breathing through your mouth constantly. If I'm able to shut that off completely and just be breathing through my nose, it's not going to be feeding those bacteria. So they grow and create cavities, stuff like that. But also recovery wise, if you think about, and, and this is something I work with a lot of patients and I've worked with a lot of people when it comes to exercise with is think about when I initiate a breath with my with my mouth, it's almost always going to initiate up here with my my respiratory muscles, those those accessory muscles of respiration. Okay, so I'm going to be breathing up here. Again, your lungs are shaped like pears. When I initiate the breath with my nose down here, my diaphragm is going to contract a lot more. So first of all, you're getting a lot more O2 and, and carbon dioxide exchange that's that's going on, which means you're going to have better recovery going to be able to get into deeper sleep. Also, your, your heart's not going to have to work near as hard to get as much of that, that oxygen into your blood, into the, to those tissues, that oxygenation that you need yeah. for the recovery. And when that oxygen hits our, our sinus passages, we actually increase more testosterone production breathing mm -hmm. through our nose than we do through our mouth. There's so many benefits of that. And that's a whole other episode con content, but yes. the hostage tape, there's little strips like this. Um, they come in these little, little packs and you just they go right over your mouth. It seems like you're not going to breathe, but you you can breathe. Don't worry about it. Nobody's nobody's asphyxiating here. And, and a lot of people will be like, well, I have stuffed sinuses, stuff like that. I mean, you can flush your sinuses before. Honestly, like if you try and cover it up, a lot of times your body will start to clear out your sinuses itself mm -hmm. to allow it to breathe the way it needs to. And sometimes you may wake up the next day. And he told me he wake up the next day. He was just like, felt like I was oxygen deprived a little bit. <laughs> but your body will start to actually regulate and it realizes that and it becomes used to it because yeah. it's like, Hey, I don't have to breathe through my mouth anymore. I can breathe through my nose primarily, which is going to slow down heart rate, right. which is really going to allow, I mean, parasympathetically, that's so beneficial. Yeah. I have a patient I'm working with right now and she is really trying to cut down her consumption of alcohol um, to manageable levels. But that's another thing that I think people self-medicate with. They think if I just have a little, little drink, little nightcap, you know, before, before bed, kind of help me power down, loosen up all that. And and you told me something fascinating too about cannabis. So, yeah, I mean, so <clears throat> a lot of people think that alcohol is like, it's, it's a downer. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it can actually keep people awake. I mean, for a lot, and it's very it much, metabolizes. Yeah, it very much depends on your body. Yeah. It's still going to be metabolized by your, by your body. Your body has to shift it to your liver and just go like crazy to try and get the toxin out. And I mean, hot take here, no amount of alcohol is good for sleep. Even one drink of alcohol. Or recovery. Or recovery. Yeah. Like it's going to affect your sleep. Okay. It's going to make, it's going to decrease the amount of REM sleep you're able to get. And you may be like, oh, I had the craziest dreams last night. But what happens is it's displacing your REM sleep. Okay. So you're not getting it when your body's used to. 
because your body has to completely focus on trying to detoxify itself. Yeah. Okay. Because it can't just have alcohol sitting in your body overnight. Right. All right. So it's going to have to just go through the whole process. It's the same thing with eating a bunch of sugar before bed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we talk about nutrient timing and people are like, oh, well, don't eat right before bed. Honestly, that's a great, that's a great thing to do right there. Don't eat before bed. If you are going to eat protein and carb, I mean, protein and fats. Mm -hmm. Okay. Higher protein, a little bit of fat, like stuff like that right before bed. Like if you really need something, that's going to be ideal as opposed to eating a whole bunch of sugar, which is going to just stimulate your body to start secreting insulin, which is going to decrease, has an inverse relationship with testosterone a lot of the time. And you have to think about all these different processes that are going into play. So actionable data right there, actionable things that you can, that you can take. First of all, I mean, I wouldn't eat, try not to eat, especially a big meal two hours before you go to bed, just so you can prioritize that sleep quality. If you do have to eat proteins and fats primarily, mm -hmm. and then, I mean, really just focus on, on, I mean, no alcohol, especially not before bed. Like if you're going to have a little bit like some day drinking stuff, I, I understand, but all in all, no amount of alcohol is going to be beneficial for your recovery or sleep. Yeah. And that includes cold medications, yes. Sudafed, like all the tricks that we do to convince ourselves we're not self-medicating this problem. You you should be able to get into a good, healthy sleep rhythm without any uh, medication or, or intervention like that. There are some supplements that are really good though for yeah. that. And so what, what would you recommend for just kind of helping support natural rhythms? I like mean, that? number one, a, a big thing, especially for people, if you're old and you have, have a trouble modulating or regulating your uh, blood glucose, your blood sugar, would be inositol. So inositol is a, it's an awesome thing that you can take. Um, I mean, I, I take it every once in a while. It just helps to kind of regulate your blood sugar, which will also help with insulin secretion. Okay. So it allows those HGH testosterone to really be able to peak the way they need to. Um, that's why I like that. Um, I mean, other things that we have, I mean, what are some things that you think? Um, I'm always preaching magnesium because oh, sure. magnesium deficiency is so rampant. There's so many things that rob us of magnesium. And what? What kinds of magnesium? Because there's so many out there. There are so many out there. Um, glycinate and L3-inate are the ones that most, you know, directly correspond to what we're doing here. I take L3-inate if if I'm feeling like I'm a little magnesium deprived. Uh, a quick test to figure that out is I'll take the dose that it recommends is, and usually I need to double that. And then as soon as you start to feel like a little bit gurgly, a little bubble gut, you know, um, kind of some loose stools a little bit, yeah. like I took something too much, then you back off right under that dose. And as soon as things kind of normalize in my GI tract, I know that I'm at, at peak levels of magnesium there. Magnesium is water soluble, so I'm never going to overdose on it. My body will just secrete it, yeah. you know, with in the urine. I have a little bit of stomach distress, but your body will get rid of it. Yeah. Same thing actually with vitamin C as well. Yeah. Um, all those B vitamins. Yeah. All those water soluble vitamins. Your body doesn't store up in there. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm fighting off something, I'll I'll take vitamin C to the max up to the point that I what they call bowel tolerance, mm -hmm. which is kind of funny way to put it, but. Then I back off a little bit and uh, my bowel tolerates it. And uh, my bowel I'm, tolerates it. Yes. Yeah, I will allow it. And then I feel great. So, magnesium, calcium, um, there's, you know, we have a quick calm or calm is, yeah. a, is a supplement that it's, it's like a powder. Like yeah. Were you telling me that it shouldn't, it should be heated up? Oh, yeah. Um, that, that was, the, the that was nice that, to me. That's, yeah. that specific, that specific brand. brand, and I think a lot of different supplements when it comes to calcium magnesium, it is actually more effective and it's more easily absorbed when it's, it's a little bit warmer. Like a tea or something. Yeah. So, and there's there's a lot of places where like, I'm not a fan of cold water, drinking cold water. I know a lot of people love their ice water. Not a fan. Mm -hmm. All right. Your body has to heat that up. So yeah, you're going to use more energy trying to get water to the temperature to where your body can use it <laughs> as... Whereas if I'm drinking the amount of water that I should be drinking, I don't want to make my it harder for my body to use it. I want to give it to my, my body right away. Be like, hey, here you go. Here you go. Here's here's some like room temperature water or even a little bit warmer to where your body's able to, hey, I don't have to really heat it up that much to be able to utilize this. Yeah. And honestly, hydrating like that before bed is a great, great way yeah. to do that. You'll probably have to wake up and your body will get used to waking up at a certain time to pee. And then you'll go back to bed and you'll sleep amazingly. Yeah. And even then there, you can, you can train your bladder to, yeah. to not wake you up with that and, and to stay competent, you know, through the night, which yes. is important too. <laughs> so, so, I mean, that also helps with, I mean, erectile dysfunction, stuff like that. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, 
Um, and all those things, you know, pelvic floor training, all that stuff is, is really important. Um, temperature is another big factor too. Okay. Speaking of not drinking cold water, um, cooling your room, I, ideally, and research has shown that about 65 degrees is ideal. Yeah. Our brain actually has to cool its core temperature about two to three degrees to really get us into a, a good sleep cycle. And so if you, if you sleep with a lot of covers on, you have to be warm. You might have an underlying thyroid condition or something going on with that that we, we could address. I know a lot of ladies, especially ladies that I know, like in my family, there's a lot of hypothyroidism, some Hashimoto's type stuff like that. And so like get very, very cold, very easy. Yeah. So, so let's address that type of a thing so that your body is comfortable at about 65 degrees. Um, and I try to keep it that, that way year round. Uh, I utilize a eight sleep, like a pod system. One of the best investments I've ever made in my life. And the way I justified it to myself, cause I was not in a position to buy a, a an item like that at the time. It's probably the most expensive purchase I've made in a long time, but I spend a third of my life in that thing, you know, eight hours out of 24, I'm in that puppy and I, I need to get a blackout curtain. I need to get to a deep sleep. Um, it's a smart mattress that will detect my heart rate variability, my breathing rate, how often I'm tossing and turning and count all of that. And it has a smart autopilot that will adjust the temperature setting there locally to keep me in the deepest sleep. And it chills down to 55 degrees and it heats up to 120 when I'm sick or, you know, need like heat on my muscles or something like that. Yeah. But if I can maintain about a 65 degree temperature, then throughout the night, as you hit REM sleep, you want it to be a little bit colder. And then as you kind of hit non-REM, you want it to come back to neutral. And by the time it hits neutral, I come out of a deep sleep naturally. No alarm clocks, no, nothing like that. I do have a vibration setting on the mattress that tells me when it's absolutely time to get up and going in case I oversleep, but that hasn't happened for probably a year that I've actually, you know, awesome. slept up against that. So. And personally, when it comes to my bed, cause I mean, I know a lot of people come in and they'll ask me, doc, what type of bed should I be sleeping on? Or I sleep on my side and I'll kind of give like the recommendations I do for that. Um, I mean, people associate with associate us with treating the back and so like, Oh, back doctor. Oh, what's bed. your favorite pillow? Yeah. What's your favorite pillow? What is the best thing to do? Um, first of all, if the pillow is cranking your head up, uh, get a, get a softer pillow, get a, a, a lower pillow, one that's flatter, one that really allows your body to have that cervical curve. And that's, and I mean, um, him and I both have, I, he got me one for her birthday. It's a pillow that kind of has a shape that allows my head to sink back in there. My mattress, I prefer to have one and I recommend having one that allows your body to, if you have to stick a, a pillow in between your, uh, underneath your knees because it's too stiff. And that causes pain if your legs are flat, you need a softer bed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Memory foam, the hard thing with memory foam is it locks your body into extension. Okay. Because a lot of people aren't able to actually put pressure through their low back. So having a soft enough bed that kind of cradles your body and allows those erector muscles to relax. That's, I mean, I, I used a purple mattress for a long time. Right now I use the, just the, the eight mattress for side sleeper. I know a lot of people are side sleepers. I always say three pillows. Pillow right here that keeps your head neutral. If it's sinking down like that, again, you're contracting right there, elongating that other thing. So make sure it kind of keeps your head neutral. Hug a pillow. If I'm letting my body sink like this, okay, again, the muscles are gonna get used to that position, especially if they're sitting there for eight hours. Okay, so I have a pillow that allows me to keep my chest kind of nice and open. Also, I put a pillow in between my knees. So in between my knees, so like I'm hugging something. Don't hug a person when you sleep. I know some people are very much colors when they sleep. The problem is, is your body's need very different things. And so sleeping that close to someone is going to make you have a less efficient sleep. Yeah. Your head and your hands and your feet are what off regulate all that extra temperature and cool you down. And if those are involved in a cuddle while you're trying to sleep, um, you know, Cuddle other times. We're all we're, we're pro cuddlers, but yeah. don't get us wrong. Just pick some times when you're not trying to to re recuperate there. Big fan of the back to back method. Yeah, that that seems to work well because it lets your body regulate its own temperature as well as it can. Um, I do want to say I learned this kind of, uh, and I would be interested to kind of go down this rabbit hole at some point. I need to research a little bit more. But um, when there's a direct fan, like an oscillating fan, a ceiling fan that's on to blow on you to cool you off. Have you heard that like SEM, a torticollis yes. is go up? Yeah. So get this, the, the interrupted air current that a fan blade creates causes little tiny micro fasciculations, little tiny 
tiny, tiny spasms that are going on in your muscles as they're trying to like react to the blowing, you know, of the air. And that over time, over, over the night will lead to muscle tension, muscle stiffness. And a lot of times you can wake up with right neck or what we call torticollis because those muscles go into lock. I slept wrong. Yeah, I slept wrong. It's like, well, you were directly under a ceiling fan and you had a another fan blowing directly on you and then, and then somebody was like this. And, and somebody was breathing on your neck. <laughs> and I'm just like yeah. all that stuff combined to make those muscles just constantly twitching overnight. And yeah, that's why they, they burned up all their calcium. They had no more calcium to keep them moving like they're supposed to. And then you end up in, in our office and say, Oh, I just slept on my neck wrong. Well, you've been doing that for twenty years, Karen. Yes. And we're we're here to help you, but we got to change some some Very of the other things right going there. On. <laughs> um, I kind of want to jump into a little bit when it comes to mental health and the effect yeah. that sleep has on mental health because I have a lot of um, people that I'm very close with that have struggles when it comes to um, psychiatric disorders. Um, my grandpa, my mom's my mom's father uh, was a big example for me of someone who had something and and I think it's like ninety four percent or more. Uh, almost every single person with a psychiatric disorder uh, will usually have dysfunctional sleep. They will have a problem with their sleep. They won't be getting good quality sleep. And if you do a sleep study on people with psychiatric disorders, almost always they will have that dysfunctional sleep. And we look at that in kids with these, I mean, we, we try to think about why are so many people having depression, these, yeah, depression ADD. anxiety, ADD, ADHD, all these different things that, that kids are struggling with now. And we're looking at all these different factors. Why are we focusing on sleep? First of all, look to how much sleep they're getting. Are they getting effective sleep? Do they have a TV in their room? Are they watching TV till whatever time at night? Are they actually able to get into bed? That's like a 90s problem, a TV in your room. But like, you, know. you have a cell phone now. and Literally right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, all the information in the world, two inches away from your nose. Why can't you sleep? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why can't you sleep? You're just re you're reading about monsters right now. I'm reading. I'm looking at videos of sharks at two o'clock in the morning. Why can't I sleep? Yes, this is so terrible of me. Then you fall asleep and you have bad dreams because. Yeah. And then I sleep even worse, and I wake up in the morning and I don't have a boner because I was reading about sharks, and they put me in sympathetic, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to run away or swim away because I'm getting chased by a shark. Yes, and then you either wet the bed or you kick somebody or yes, it's a problem. So, anyway. Just don't watch shark videos or any videos for that matter. Closer to bedtime, and it does take a while for your body to power down. Start eliminating some of those bright lights, some of the tech layers. You absolutely have to have that. Get some filter glasses or put an app on your phone or do be creative with that. But really realize that um, that those things cue up your nervous system. The light really affects how your body perceives that. So let's kind of chiasmatic nucleus right above the chiasm, the optic chiasm where the uh, where the, the optic nerves cross. Uh -huh. Okay. So if you think about that importance when it comes to circadian rhythm, if you're constantly stimulating that, it's going to throw things off. Yeah. That's the, that's the important takeaway right there. Yep. So, and yeah, right up with, with, um, mental health, things like that learning. Like oh, if, sure. if you are trying to, if you have a physical skill, you're trying to integrate, you know, you're going to soccer practice, you've been, you know, drilling free throws, whatever it is, sleep is going to help your body. There's a, there's a, inferior olivary nucleus that's like hey i remember how we fired these in this sequence let's try to rewind and rewire that and get it a little bit better a little bit faster a little bit more this or that the sleep is where your body reenacts all of that and it'll actually do it in fast motion and then in super slow motion and it starts to just kind of replay all of those muscle memory things and if you think about it almost everything we do is muscle memory um recall um all of that stuff improves when we're when we have regular sleep cycles. If you're trying to memorize something, if you're learning, you're studying for a test. Again, that's the first thing we throw out the window. Is like I've got a test tomorrow. I'm going to cram till you remember all the all nighters oh we did gosh. in graduate yeah. school was just honestly. I don't think I ever pulled an all nighter. There was a couple of nights where I'd go like on three hours of sleep. I don't think you're capable of an all nighter. I don't think I'm. I'm, I'm not like anybody who's tried to keep me up past twelve knows that at like twelve o'clock. Like my siblings, they're all like, "Hey, let's watch a movie on on the trip," and I was like. It's nine o'clock right now, which means that it's one o'clock in Utah. <laughs> I'm going to bed. Yeah. So it's yeah. terrible for me, but I did sleep. I did sleep really well out there. And I usually went to bed at like nine. Yeah. Ten. And our brain is the only organ that hangs on to all of its waste product during the day. Um, and, and it depends on an internal fuel supply. It's such a secure part. That's the key of our, 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 our you know, our nervous system. That's the the nucleus behind the man, you know? And so um, when that brain 
every night it has to shrink down slightly and it's bathed in that cerebrospinal fluid, which another huge point for keeping our spines mobile and our nervous system, you know, intact. That washes away all these metabolites, all this waste product and stuff, flushes it out, brings in fresh glucose supply for the next day, kind of stocks the shelves, so to speak. And then there's these little dendritic cells that kind of go throughout there and it, it removes a lot of the waste product. When that's not happening regularly, those, they create a traffic jam in the front of our brain. Yeah. It's like, shine head, you know, from Parks and Rec. <laughs> it's it's go to Andy Dwyer. Get, I know he should be a neurologist. He Maybe he is. Um, but those accumulate in the prefrontal cortex, and after many many years, that chronic inflammation, that chronic congestion in that very important structure, leads to a lot of the issues that we see with Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Things of Alzheimer's, dementia. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee there is a connection between Alzheimer's, dementia. Um, and, and sleep. And a sleep-deprived society. There's probably another, I mean, there's probably a connection with MS as well. If you think about like oh, yeah. nervous, like nervous tissue and its health and then demyelination, yeah, demyelination stuff yeah. like that, how healthy the, those oligodendrocytes are mm -hmm. probably has, it's very, very much interconnected with, with sleep. Yeah. Everything in your body is so interconnected with sleep. It is. So if you're learning a new skill, if you're trying to process a trauma or an emotional, you know, grief right after, that's why, you know, after the death of a loved one, after moving, after stressful events like that, sometimes the best thing you can do is just a good cry and then a long nap or a good sleep to kind of reset that system and let it process that emotional memory without the trauma and the emotional weight of that. There's a, a part of our brain, a collection of structures called the limbic system. And that system gets very, very strong and active. It's almost like a, I don't know, like a hungry, spoiled toddler after a certain amount of sleep deprivation. The rest of your brain just has to babysit that the whole time. And it's that lizard brain that just wants to fight, wants to, yeah. you know. Very emotional. Yeah. Very driven by emotion. And yeah. I mean, you really think about that. And, and you see that in kids. How many know? bad decisions do you make when you're tired? How many stupid yeah. things do you say to people that you don't actually mean when you're tired? Yeah. And we talk about like hangry, but I mean, sleep deprivation is even worse. Yeah. Can you imagine if you took a year and you really just dialed in your sleep? I think you'd be a different person. You'd have a different personality. Absolutely. You'd be way happier. There's so many different aspects of your life that would completely change. Yeah. And let me ask you this, just, just for conjecture sake. I'm, I'm going to sit down real quick. Okay. My butt is... Just keep this close. My butt's dying. Okay. Okay. So... <laughs> this looks ridiculous. <laughs> You're good. We'll fix it and post edit. Hey, I just... Trying to give you guys a different angle of the top of my head. Yes. So you can see the little so You can see where part. the suprachiasmatic nucleus yeah, is. Right, right, right down, down yes. there. What was your question, sir? Um, so like let, let's say someone is they're studying for a test, they haven't really studied that much. Is it more beneficial for them to do like one hour of solid studying than try to give themselves like an hour before bed and then go to bed, or to get three hours where they're gonna be able to cover everything? What do you think would be better for them to be remembering stuff? I, I would prioritize sleep when you're doing that. And hopefully your your time management skills are such that like you're not the night before cramming for the test. But honestly, if you want to retain, when I study, if I'm going into a foreign language or I'm really diving into, you know, like when I was writing the book, sleep was so crucial for taking all these disparate ideas, all these disconnected concepts and amalgamating that into one solid concept, you get far more creative. Your problem solving goes up. Um, the, the solutions that you do come up with are more likely to succeed when you've had sleep. They've done all kinds of research on that kind of thing. So my stupid question was trying to stimulate all of that, uh, all that response right there. So, oh, well, good. Yeah. So got what I wanted <laughs> and you miraculously killed oh, your, your, well, they're, they're, your butt they're still there. It still hurts. hurts. So, okay, well, good. He's going to need some sleep tonight to prioritize that muscle recovery. Let's go over just kind of an actionable list of different things that we can do okay. or just our action items for sure. Yes. Bottom line here, guys. We talked – we threw a lot about at you with the the neurology of this, the supplements, the all the fancy words. We had some really big words in here. Did. I'll put the, I'll put the little – Superchiasmatic. Hypothalamus. Yeah. Hypothalamus that regulates temperature and stuff. Right. Hypothalamus. You don't have to memorize all those things. We nerd out about this stuff all the time. But yeah. the concepts are solid. And so drawing all that into kind of an actionable step, what can you do starting tonight to really maximize your recovery and your sleep? Um, number one, I think, would be the light issue, right? Yeah. Just managing the times when you're awake. Getting out in the sun, um, 
reminding your body when you're awake? First thing in the morning, go outside, get your eyes exposed to the sun, get your body exposed to the sun. Yeah. And that, those warning rays, they're very high in infrared. They're very low in the UVB, a UVA that's going to burn skin. So you're not going to get sunburned at eight o'clock in the morning when on your morning walk. So your eyes are going to be fine looking directly at the sun that early in the morning. Like people may be like, oh, you definitely can't look at this. No, look at the sun. Yeah. Eight that early in the morning, it's actually good for you. Get this, get the sunrise. Very good rays coming up. Yeah. And we're coming up on like camping season and stuff right now, um, at least where we live. So get out. And and if you can do a, a weekend or a week-long camping trip, just being out in nature when the sun rises and sets, that's going to reset your your body's rhythm better than almost anything, I think, is it, oh, just being sure. out in that for that long. So, so manage light. Exposure. Yep. Number two, avoid alcohol, cannabis. Yeah melatonin goodness yeah. cough syrup whatever your stuff. trick is to get you to sleep you need to start cycling off that we can help yeah absolutely if you need to come talk to us if you're if you're constantly stressed out and you just can't sleep come talk to us let's let's put together a plan let's get you well adjusted let's get your your nervous system where it's supposed to be um also i mean set a schedule know when you're going to bed every night and shoot for that okay say i'm going to be asleep no later than 11 if you can Yep. All right. And I'm going to be awake at, and your body will start to wake up when it's, when it's ready to wake up. Okay. Um, if you have a really hard day where you, you work really hard physically, stuff like that, or even mentally, you may need a little bit more sleep. Give yourself a little bit of that grace period so you can make it to work on time. Okay. Understand that. So you can be able to get that seven to nine hours prioritize I mean, eight, eight to nine hours, is even better. Yeah. Um, try and get that. And give a little bit of grace to the night owls in your life or the teenagers that don't want to wake up really early in the morning. Um, I'd say pick your battles. And if you are if you are struggling to get people to a certain performance level in their school and their grades, maybe sleep is the best place to start to help them yeah. kind of process that. So also pay attention to the temperature in your room. Let's get that down around 65 if you can, um, if you can sleep with an open window, but keep it dark. Um, remember your core temperature has to come down a couple degrees. If you're a jet setter, if you're a chronic traveler, there's a whole other set of rules we need you to play by um, to get the same benefits, but we'll, we'll help you with that too. Yeah. So, I mean, three quick things I would recommend as well, just along with that is a grounding pad. I sleep on a grounding pad every night. Okay. Very beneficial. And just being able to have that grounding, uh, the ionic um, levels in your body, stuff like that to, to really allow your body to shut down. Um, another thing would be, I mean, if you really struggle with anxiety and you need a little bit of that pressure, we have a Meisner score puzzles and different things that are pressure sensors on our skin, um, like a, an anxiety blanket, a weighted blanket. Yeah. I love a weighted blanket. Okay. I uh, can't get out of bed. In the I morning. can't get out of bed in the morning. I feel like I'm dead, but like <laughs> it, it does, it does help kind of get you into that mode a little bit more, or it can, like if you're struggling with some anxiety and stuff like that, um, it can, it can really help. Uh, and then the third one, um, I mean, try and shower before bed. I'm going to rec- I'm going to recommend that just for skin health, um, bacteria wise, I mean, shower before bed, make sure that you're getting into bed and you have clean sheets and the ions as well. That'll, that'll help depolarize or, or discharge a lot yeah. of that static. So many different things that like benefit that. you being clean. When you get into bed, you're going to feel more comfortable. You're not going to feel nearly st- the covers won't stick you. To, won't stick to you. Yeah. Okay. You're going to feel better. You're going to smell better. You're going to just way better for your overall health. Yeah. Sauna is great. That's a whole other thing you could throw yeah. in there. Um, but avoid carbs. Don't use food to medicate yourself into a food coma because that's going to wake you up in a couple hours. It's going to throw all the all the hormones and cycles off. Um, so hopefully we've given you some action steps. If any one of these things really stood out to you, let us know in the comments below or send us a, uh, a direct message here on, on our link. We can talk about naps in so, another episode a little bit. First of all, if you have to take a nap, if you're taking a nap every day, Probably means you're not getting good sleep at night. Especially those horrible naps where you come home from work and you like sit on the couch and then the next thing you know, it's like you wake up from the from the floor and there's just a puddle of drool on the carpet and the carpet's just like you have the the like carpet design on your face. Every every one of us as a kid came home from school at one point, laid down on the carpet and fell asleep. And there's just drool all over the place. Yeah. And now if you're if you're chronic napping and you're worried you're gonna miss the bus. And it's like five o'clock on a Saturday and you're a grown person, then probably you're doing something wrong. We got to get your What's that sleep the, dog the dog. button right there. Yeah. Oh, I've got it. Yeah. Um, but those, those types of things are, are warning signs that your body is asking you for more sleep. Um, we just don't recognize that. And I'm sorry, but there's nothing in this world that is more 
important than being able to live a good full long life yeah. with energy and and vitality and uh, if we prioritize sleep, everything else is going to kind of fall into place naturally. You're going to notice you're more productive, you're more creative, you're more present for your loved ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, one last little thing. My brother once told, he had a mentor uh, that he worked with very closely who told him that if you sleep more than five hours a night, you're wasting your time. Cool. Oh. He says you can never be a successful people if you sleep more than a uh, successful person if you sleep more than five hours a night. And at that point, I wanted to, because I knew that he trusted this person. I wanted to go slap them. He was like, oh my gosh, this is so wrong. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Is that person still with us? Yes. Okay. I mean, probably not for long, but yeah. Gosh, it just, it. That's the culture. And you see people in, in other countries that work themselves to death. I'm sorry, but it's just not worth that. Yeah. We have these structures in our cells called telomeres and those get shorter and shorter as we age. And when they get too short, our cells can't divide and, and reproduce. And so we start dying. Party chromosomes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so don't get to that point. Like let's start now. Um, there's still hope. We can't go back and repay the sleep debt that you've accumulated at this point in your life but prioritize it and, and you will be so much happier. If you need some help, if you're having just really hard time getting to sleep or actually, I mean, any sort of quality sleep, please come see us. We'd love to work with you. Um, if we need to do a consult, if you don't live in Utah, if you want to do a consult, something like that, we'd love to, to just yeah. have a consult call with you. Kind of put together an actionable plan for you, specifically for you, because all these things, some things won't work for, for people. And you may have tried a lot of these things. Let's figure out different things that will work for you so you can create a consistent schedule yep. to where it will work and allow your body to, to do what it needs to. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sweet dreams, everyone. Have yes. a good rest of your week. We'll see you next episode.